This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week, we talk about Capcom's return to San Diego Comic-Con without Yoshinori Ono. We got our release date for God of War Ragnarok. Forspoken is delayed once again. And in our final stage, I reviewed Dungeon and Fighter Duel. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back to yet another game-filled episode of Select Start, the video game podcast for Talk Time Live. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We are back. This is the weekend of Thor, the night of thunder for me. I am going to see Thor, Love and Thunder uh, tonight. I can't wait. I am back. I am better than ever. I'm healed. If you guys remember, I was uh, a bit on the injured side after I crashed and burned last week, but I healed up pretty well. I'm back out. I just literally just came back. Um, this morning before I started this podcast doing a 30 mile ride, you know, to face the fault that I made for myself, uh, back. It's just another way of saying when you get knocked down, you get back up and you keep it going and keep it growing. So basically I am back. Um, you know, I am actually still healing, but I'm doing much better than I did last week where my hamstring was just totally, uh, you know, busted, but I gave it time to heal. I rested, iced it up, roll it all that stuff i'm ready to go so walking on my two feet stronger than ever but we got some news to talk about this week and uh i said i was gonna review this i got a chance to play the newest fighting game the uh newest addition to the fighting game uh world and community that is dungeon and fighters uh which is dual it's based on a 16 year online franchise that uh, has gained so much popularity that they transitioned it onto a fighter. Now, my question and the question that is gonna be asked is this is a worthy fighter. That is something that we're gonna talk about in our final stage, so we'll definitely do that. Before we do all that, uh, we gotta get down to this news, so let's jump on it before we hit that stage there. So let's talk about Capcom. Let's talk about San Diego Comic-Con. It is coming at the end of this month, the return of San Diego Comic-Con in full form. Uh, as it was meant to be, crowds back, COVID has died down uh, dramatically, and the return of Marvel Studios to Hall H. Can I stress how big that is? In the midst of all this, another tradition is coming back, and that is Capcom. Now, when I went to San Diego Comic-Con both times, it was my, the main things that I always want to go to 
One is Hall H, but I still never went there because I I spoke about this a week ago or a week or so ago about which you have to go through in order to do that. So I still have yet to do that. If I go a third time, there's a possibility of thirds of charm. I'm, I am going to go for the gold and camp out and do whatever it takes to, you know, go in there. It pending Marvel, it, Marvel Studios is presenting in Hall H. So that that is the thing. But the other attractions that I will always go to one is Jim Lee. I would always go to Jim Lee's uh, panels. Both he would do two panels. I would go to both because I'm that big of a fan of Jim Lee. You you have no idea. I have a Jim Lee limited edition signed uh, frame with the with uh, the Trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman in my living room right now. That that baby is just sitting right there and it's autographed by him. It's one of his limited editions uh, that he has. I was like, this is the first. It, matter of fact, it was the very first thing that I brought at New York Comic Con. My very first thing legit ever that I brought. And this was this was not cheap <laughs> at all. But that's how much a fan I am of Jim Lee. He's one arguably one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, arguably. And I would go see him and watch him, you know, do what he does best. But also I would go visit the which is hilarious. I would visit the Udon Entertainment booth which is where I got a chance to met, uh, meet uh, Longvo and uh, Chamba for the first time there. And then lo and behold, the stars aligned and I ended up doing a panel with them here in Philadelphia and hosting a panel with them for the Street Rider panel here. And then, of course, Chamba ended up coming on my show two, at least twice now. And uh, we were really cool now. So it's like it things is just weird how they work. But I would also go to the Capcom panel as well. And what was so awesome about the Cap the Capcom panel is that they would present a lot of things that are coming up, uh, you know, as far as game franchises and or what has already been out and what is to add on to it, uh, what is to come for Street Fighter. So guaranteed you're going to see some more Street Fighter news there. There's going to be some announcements there. New characters are going to be uh, revealed and announced. We're probably going to hear more about the new features that is going on there. But what was extra special about the Capcom panel was the appearance of the former executive producer of the Street Fighter franchise. And that was Yoshinori Ono, who is no longer a part of Capcom's, you know, dynasty, if you will. Now, people who, if you don't know who that is, Yoshinori Ono is the man responsible for revitalizing the fighting game genre and i that is no argument whatsoever um and this guy is basically he when he hired when he hired him to be a part of uh capcom his job was to create street fighter 4 he did it he brought street fighter into the 3d era in a way that we never saw it before now we of course we saw this is not the first time street fighter was ever done in 3d we saw you know there was um street fighter ex plus alpha that was out but it didn't really kind of give you that full street fighter feel and that was during a time when you know the video game industry wasn't at the level that it is now in terms of creating really great character models and stuff like that everything was still polygon and stuff like that but when the street when uh playstation 4 came out um it changed everything. It gave Capcom the opportunity to recreate Street Fighter in a way that we never saw before. Yoshinori Ono was the one heading that, and he joined 
1998, but he really was put on to do this project. And boy, did he do it because we saw so we, we saw what we've been waiting to see from the Street Fighter franchise for a long time. Awesome artwork, great gameplay, uh, cool ass characters, um, you know, and it just Street Fighter 4 helped a dying genre because before Street Fighter 4, what were we relying on in terms of fighting games? And I'm a huge fighting game fan, so I stuck to what was going on. The only company that was really kind of still keeping it strong, but not, you know, rem immediately like strong was like Arc System Works with with blaze blue and guilty gear you know that's what we were able to do with that um and they kept it to their credit they kept it strong but it wasn't still at the level that we needed to the the uh the esport level street fighter 4 came out lit light up lit up everybody in the fighting game community it really revitalized the the community it revitalized the genre and it brought back esports again it, it really brought that in and people loved it. People absolutely, it, you know, insanely loved it. But Yoshinori Ono should get credit for really putting that together. Um, he was the executive producer for that he, um, and gave Cal A. Bear and Ruben Langdon a job amongst other people as we finally get to hear the voices of these guys as well. Like it was such it was done such in a cinematic way that we you know, we never looked at Street Fighter the same again. Then Street Fighter V came out and it really lit up things. And people could talk about the later version of it. And, you know, they did too much and they put in too much for it. But regardless, people loved it. I, there was there's always going to be a vocal minority that is going to shout their opinions on there. And it's only a vocal minority. But there's, I, I you know, I, I, I talked about this because it was like, Yoshinori Ono not being at San Diego Comic-Con is going to be very interesting because he is not only just he was great at helping to bring that genre together, but he was all he's also if you ever met him, if you ever got a chance to see him, he is an extremely entertaining guy. He is a very charismatic guy. He really you could tell he really loved what he do. He really does and what he did um, when he goes to San Diego Comic-Con, he would represent he would go all out he would first of all he always brings he had this you know little figure this little miniature figure of blanca because blanca is his favorite character of all the characters in street fighter and on his social media page he would put blanca and take pictures of blanca everywhere like a um what is that stanley uh flat stanley deal which you know what you do when you're a kid like you take flat stanley everywhere you travel to and over the summer or whatever like that he kind of did that with blanca and it would just be everywhere. And even if you take pictures with him, he would have that blanket with him. The other thing that he would do is during the panels, he would come and make the most elaborate and showman like entrance. He would always cosplay as one of the Street Fighter characters. I mean, it is just it is just over the top. And I don't who's going to be the one to do that. I don't think they're going to do that this year. I don't know if it's going to be able to level up to what they what he was able to do because he went all out. He showed his not only his love for the game industry, but his 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 fandom for Street Fighter as well. And it just came out. And he he was just so much fun. And, I, you know, I, I put on on their page. It was like 
a a a Capcom panel without Yoshinori Ono is going to be very interesting. And there was only one person. There were people who actually agreed, and it was always just this one person, this contrarian, I guess, uh, that claims that he ruined Street Fighter. I'm like, how is that even possible? If he truly ruined Street Fighter, as you so put it, like he helped revitalize it. And if he did, then please, why is it that that game was always winning awards? Why did that game make so much money? Why did that game last as long as it did? Four and five. Why in, in all hell was it the marquee game at, e, at the EVO tournaments for multiple years, even past its prime, it was still, it was still like the marquee game that every that everybody was playing. It was the Street Fighter tournament. Evo is Street Fighter, so I told him like basically, look, the numbers don't lie, and if they did, please find them for me, show them, show me, show the proof that that he really ruined this for everybody. Like if that's the case, why are people still playing? Why was this? You know, it, it, it just. People just try to talk so much crap <laughs> about, and then you know they, they what they think is that basically you're going you're you're going to pretty much not reply back, or you're not going to reply back with a form of intelligence because us basically let's let's be real. Uh, uh, many people when they have these conversations don't, and they don't articulate when they do. And I'm like I'm not that dude. I I you know I'm a I'm a college level you know educated black man who will tell you and won't come at you like like barbaric at all or, you know or a cake i'm going to come at you and tell you why and then i'm going to ask you to prove me wrong so i'm just saying like you know if you're going to say that come correct give me a reason why don't just say he ruined the company don't just make like and i never got i'm still waiting for it i never got it so nonetheless It'll be very interesting. I don't know, like, all right, put it like this. Remember how we talk about without Marvel Studios, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con kind of is, is, there's a gap missing. There's a gap in a cog, you know, a gap in a, like a hole missing from the element that's making it full. This is kind of the same thing. And I, I, you know, I'm not saying that like without, this is just for the panel's sake. I, I, I can't speak for Street Fighter Six because we haven't played it yet. We don't know. I'm sure these guys. I, I have confidence that this is going to be a, a great follow up. But um, in terms of just the the panels and stuff and stuff, I am just going to I can't wait to see what they or find out what they're going to do with that panel. I kind of wish I was there just for just to see that, because that's just going to be, you know, really interesting to say the least from there. But um, I'm looking forward to hearing news from this because there's guaranteed going to be some news coming out of this guarantee. I, I do predict that we are going to get uh, a new character announced or even more characters announced. I do predict we're going to get more features uh, coming up. The cool part about this is that, you know, when you go to San Diego Comic Con, there's always some really cool exclusive you know, content and things that you're going to be able to get because you're there. Um, last time I was there at the street fighter panel at the Capcom panel, um, they were giving away some extra content. Um, so be on the lookout online because people will probably share whatever it is that they're giving on San Diego comic con, like in terms of like 
free giveaway content on Street Fighter Five or something like, you know, there's going to be something that they're doing awesome. They they always do some awesome things out there. So, um, I, I I'm excited. It's great that they're coming back. This is a great thing for San Diego Comic Con. This is a great thing for gamers and fans of Capcom. And I hope we actually get more news on new newer games to come, not just the games that they just announced. Um, you know, I, even if it's old games that we haven't seen yet, you know, that we haven't seen in a long time. <coughs> SNK versus Capcom. I mean, something. I, I, I'm just looking forward to it. So kudos to them for coming back on air. All right, let's get to the bad news. Or is it really bad? I don't know if this is really bad. I mean, Forspoken. Been waiting for this to come out. Uh, I was eagerly waiting to come out. I did pre-order it myself. Um, it was supposed to be coming on in October. And according to the news from Square Enix, who just announced, unfortunately announced that the anticipated action RPG will not be released in, uh, in October 2022. Uh, according to IGN, developers uh, Luminous Produ uh, Productions uh, explained that the decision was the result of ongoing discussions with key patterns to reassure fans that the game is in its final stages. Now. They have delayed this game till January 2023. And IGN believes that the decision was made to move away from other big releases that were coming out. Now, if you guys recall, I've talked about this in other episodes before. October is scheduled to be the biggest gaming uh, release, you know, a release of games of this year. Like, I mean, there's so many games coming out. Like I said, like I was excited because one, you know, after I come from New York Comic Con, I got I had that game to look forward to and I had Gotham Knights to look forward to. But also Marvel uh, Midnight Suns is coming out right before San Diego Comic Con. So, you know, there are eight. I mean, I, and I, that's just not it. I mean, there are dozens of games that are I mean, like not just I mean, there are always games that are coming out, but like big anticipated games that are coming out in October. I don't know why October is the day, but fall season has always been the time where you know big games will come out and they're coming out in full force this year man so i can understand if that is the case that is fine i do believe that they are pretty much at the end of the uh wire with this so i'm not really mad at that like one if they need more time to work on it that's fine i don't think that that's the case yeah i believe i i, I believe i agree with ign that that's a possibly what it is because i mean this game is this game looks phenomenal looks awesome and I, I considering the significance of this game and it being you know a game with a black female as a lead character i don't want this to be overshadowed by anything else either so that i think from that aspect that would be a strategic move for me i would move it to i would have moved it to december i don't know what's coming out in december i didn't hear anything that's really coming out in december that's a big deal but January is it not a bad, you know, time either. So I don't mind that. I don't I don't mind this at all. And plus, let's be honest. I mean, Gotham Knights is scheduled still for October. So it gives me time. It gives me time to breathe so I can play Gotham Knights and focus on that and in Midnight Suns as well. So I, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind this at all. I know people there's some people who, are, you know, don't play as many games as i do that maybe you've wanted to play this game and only we're gonna get this game so i get that but also i i'd rather them i'd rather be out 
at a time where it'll be focused on, where there's not that many games out. People can talk about this, you know, and, and timing is timing is key. Timing is absolutely key. I mean, the same strategy for video games goes in for movies. You don't want a movie to come out at the same time that another big blockbuster, most anticipated movie. If you guys remember, Batman versus Superman was scheduled to come out the same time that Marvel's uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War was scheduled to come out and they pushed that back. They didn't want to compete with um, Civil War because they knew they knew they weren't going to be able to uh, compete with Civil War, especially when they announced that Spider-Man was going to be in there for the first time in his first appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're not competing with that, which really is telling. So it not added to that Black Panther is going to be in there, too. So you got there's no way that, you know, you were going to be able to, you know, handle that. <laughs> OK, so it is. It, 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 I think timing is a big key. And if that is the case, I am all for it as well. So um, I, I'm not mad at this at all. I'm not mad at this decision. I want to. And again, this is Square Enix. So I trust Square Enix because Square. I trust Square Enix. The actual company when they develop, when they develop, because. When they develop, they pretty much are on point. Now, I know Luminous Productions is working with them on this, so. I hope that it works out a lot better than Edo's Montreal and, and Crystal Dynamics did. And I, I hate to really add Edo's Montreal to this because I don't think that they did bad, especially like they I don't understand why they're trying to sell them. <laughs> you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was just played awesome. It, you know, it was everything that Marvel Avengers was now. It was like Guardians of the Galaxy when it debuted. It was everything we wanted Marvel Studios to be when it when that game debuted. But it took two years for for Marvel Avengers to even get anywhere near the quality of what Guardians of the Galaxy was with that. So I, I just I hate that they're trying to sell that company because that company did really, really well on that case. But I'll be waiting. I'm patient. I got enough to work with on this point right now. And, you know, let's be honest, we, we can be patient, people. I mean, it's not like we don't have a, a, a whole bunch of other games that we could just go and replay. I I really hate the idea sometimes that we cry and moan and, 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 and bitch about games that aren't coming out now, like, but we're neglecting the games that we do have fun with. It's like we can't have fun with those games anymore. Even the games that we haven't played like a year ago. Like, come on, we can. There's some games that I still play like back, you know, you know, uh, what I call what did I call that? Like my go back to games, like, you know, Captain Sabasu, uh, you know, is one of the games I go back to, um, WWE 2K, you know, 22 is what I go back to every once in a while when I'm not focusing on a new game. So there are some, you know, go back to games that I, that I go back to and, and play. So it's not like the end of the world <laughs> in this place, you know, you're just eager and anticipated to want to play it. And that's, that's understandable, but you know, I'd rather it come out when it's all good and done and solid rather than something that just comes out and rushed. So I'm good with that. And you know what else I'm good with? God of War Ragnarok. We finally got a release date. That baby is coming this year. It is official. It is coming November 19th. A new trailer just popped up a few days ago. And my goodness, I am ready. Loki looks way different. And like he's look, he looks older. He looks taller. I don't know what's going to happen in this, but, 
it looks it looks absolutely great. I can't wait. You know what's you know what is hope? I, I was thinking. Um you guys heard the the uh the liner before the show started, and that was TC Carson. If you don't know who that is, uh I people in my community know who it is. People in the black community know who he is because they watch Living Single. Like if you grew up watching Living Single, you know Kyle Barker. But you may also know him as the original voice of Kratos uh from the God of War series and before um judge uh took it over but i've you know he was so prominent like he was to he was to kratos as kevin conroy is to batman like you you got the you got the older voice now which we when we interviewed him so like a long time ago we were like I don't understand why he just couldn't do an older version of himself. I, I don't get that decision. I don't understand that. Whatever. Um, but he's been the Kratos for so long and so many different, you know, God of War games and so many, you know, ap cameo appearances on other games. He was on, you know, fighting games like Mortal Kombat and all the stuff. I mean, he's been in a lot. He's voiced a lot of those cameos and I, it would be really awesome if they pay homage to him by doing a flashback stage in the game, which will have his voice, him reprising the role as younger, more angry, rage, you know, Phil Kratos. I would love that. That would be so awesome if they did that, because that to me, because it, it's, it's still a mystery to fans as to why they decided to change the voices. And nobody's arguing that the, the latest voice is, you know, uh, bad at all. None. Um, nobody has issue with it, but just still it's, it's really still kind of, um, it's kind of weird that they just decided to do that. And I hope that I really hope that that's the case that, you know, they find a way to pay some of my show me. Christopher judge is awesome. He is really awesome as the, as the older voice of Kratos. Um, he's played in a ton of different, you know, um, you know, games and shows too, but you got to give some love and respect to TC Carson, because if not for his voice and his contributions and his talents, dude, we would not be so like his rage, his rage was just incredible. And when we found out that it was Kyle Barker, when, cause you could, you could watch it behind the scenes. It's God of War three. And that's when I think people really found out like, oh my God, the dude from live a single. The really suave swag dude from Living Single is Kratos. Are you kidding me? You know, that was just even more awesome. That like it was it, it was incredible. So I hope some way, somehow, they find a way to pay tribute to all of the things that TC Carson has done for that character. I, I think it, it's still because a lot of times, you know, these studios really, really do some actors dirt. You know, there's there's always been this fight. And it, matter of fact, I, I'll give I'll even give you um, an example. If you go check out my, uh, I gotta add that onto my website, but if you go to my um, YouTube page at Viewfinders, I-S-A-D, you go into that YouTube page and you'll see like all of my exclusive interviews. You see a bunch of other things too. Um, but I added the Goku, uh, the uh, Sean Schimmel, uh Q&A that I did. And I, you know, basically it was a short, asking him a question about like how these, you know, how he feels about the, um, his contributions to the popularity of Goku. And he talked about, he actually did talk about how 
actors sometimes get replaced and he he even acknowledged that he's been replaced by the previous actor who played goku who was also really good as well but he you know he's like if i'm going to be in it i'm going to be in it you like i'm you're not going to replace me you're not going to not acknowledge my contributions because a lot of times you know studios switch actors out and i think it's really crappy to do so they they do it all the time like i love stephanie shea but stephanie shea was just the newest voice of sailor moon she's like the third new voice of the american version of sailor moon there were two others before that and the original uh sailor moon which was named sabrina at the time and not usagi um she was replaced by somebody who didn't even who wasn't even no disrespect to her because i know she's a great actor but she that she just didn't fit the role for me but then stephanie shea came in and they did it you know they they did it exactly the way that the manga and the you know the story was entailed and they called her usagi but stephanie shea was probably the best of them all that has done sailor moon but they replaced her three times and it's like this is at a time when studios didn't think that these like actors doing voice roles will be popular that nobody would know who they are that if you're not named mel blank that you wouldn't be considered like anything at all and that to me is just it's tr that's a trashy way to treat the people who help make money for you so i'm glad that now actors are now being more acknowledged that's why i appreciate and celebrate every actor that's ever been on this uh podcast and you know i just hope that they continue to do so i just really do so we'll we will see but folks that will do it for this segment. We're going to take a break, come back, enter the final stage as I will review or give my review of Dungeon and Fighter Duel. So we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! have reached the final stage of this program and i am here to review dungeon and fighter duel the latest fighting game for the playstation 5 and 4 i believe is out as well but this is a game based on a long running mobile online game series called dungeon and fighters and you know they transition this into a fighting game and it is here it's published by nexon developers nepo in accordance with arc system works and uh aiding arc system works you know for many many absolutely stunning and awesome fighting games including uh guilty gears drive recently to me their 
very best one to date uh all the guilty gear series all the blaze blue series dragon ball fighters persona 4 ultimax uh you name it they've done it and they've really taken a next level approach to fighting games because you know as beautiful as capcom games are and bandai namco games uh fighting games are nothing looks like what arc system works doing i don't know how they do it but they were able to create actual anime cell shaded characters in you know in cell animation and character models to look exactly actually to look better than the actual anime series itself and you're controlling an anime looking character in a fighting game it is just fantastic so they've created um and grand blue fantasy i should also add that they uh put their hands in as well which was also based on a mobile franchise popular mobile uh gaming franchise as well so this is the next one up they worked on this one and uh just transitioned into a fighting game and you know if you're a fan of the dungeon and fighter series actually i i, I will be honest because i i don't play mobile um gaming anymore i am unfamiliar with this franchise it has apparently been out for more than 16 years um and it must be popular because for them to warrant uh an idea to make a 2.5d action fighting game for this based on those characters that's really saying a lot about the success of that franchise so this is my first time seeing it and honestly just visually from character development standpoint and all that it looks absolutely awesome um i, I love the way it looks i love the character models i love the character designs everything this is very much a arc system work style game to a t uh if you're just looking at the visual aspect like if i just grade it on just visuals alone this will get an a plus um unfortunately it's more to it than that so it may or may not get that by the end of this conversation um the game is pretty awesome i mean it really is in, in a nutshell it's a very solid fighter it is not the best fighter i've ever uh, played um i think where it comes strongly is again the presentation uh well slightly it, it's the, the presentation is both a positive and a negative it's a pro and a con i would say because it looks visually awesome i will i, I can't stay can't say that enough um but when you get deep into the game's features and modes and stuff you kind of you start to realize that it's not as elaborate as guilty gear strive um or even grand blue fantasy to that extent it actually is it is more like grand blue fantasy and it, it comes down to it because this game is 59.99 it comes down to is this game truly worth that of the other fighting games regardless of it being developed by arc system works and aiding in uh Naples. this is a arc system works title but not every one of arc system works games deserve the price of 59.99 i'm going to say this is one of them and i say that because of the if you look at what they did with guilty gear strive if you look at what they did with guilty gear zard and all that stuff um it's kind of hard to say that this game deserves to be charging the same amount as that because you're not getting the same amount of content that you did from those games in fact it's 
awesome as this game experience was and really solid as this was in terms of replay value i don't think you're going to get too much out of this like you would some of the other arc system works titles that you get like if you compare this to guilty gear drive if you compare this to any of the guilty gears art games if you compare this to dragon ball fighters you kind of get a lot out of those a lot more out of those games and there's some more replay value to those games it's not that much here because all right let's go with the mode and features here the modes and features include online mode which is a rank play and player match ranking you got local mode which is a free battle you got your story mode and we'll get to the story mode aspect as well and that plays a big factor as to why i think you may it this probably isn't worth 59.99 um you got arcade mode and you got survival mode here practice mode of course you got training and tutorial you got collector collection mode which is uh player profiles replay library gallery and glossary the gallery you can unlock pictures and videos uh, from in-game currency that you earn through playing through the story mode and arcade mode in here so you have a bunch of spoken subtitle languages including english korean japanese and chinese the audio and voiceovers are only korean japanese and chinese unfortunately uh because again this is to me where some things you start i start to look at this game and i'm starting to ask questions as to whether was this somewhat of a game that was on a tier level of development i say this because it's like again you look at arc system works which is you know guilty gear is their it's their intellectual property blaze blue is their intellectual property um then you go into <sighs> dragon ball fighters which is bandai namco but they work where arc system works but Ar dragon ball fighters has all of the english um are you know all the, all of the english actors from there sean shimmel uh chris um chris Sa christopher sabbath uh kyle hebert you name it um michelle rio all, all of them, they're in the game every popular character that you love uh, an actor that you love from the series is in there plus there's a long awesome cgi story that goes along with it plus there's an rk mode plus there's, you know, online features. Plus <laughs> there, you know, there's so much, a little bit more that they give you with that, as opposed to this. Um, this to me didn't give you, it gave you some, but not all. I feel like this was Guilty Gear on a budget. Like when you actually play the game, there's some things that just felt like, okay, if they would have paid a little bit more money, they could have, uh, they could have paid for a uh, voice act for American voice actors for this to uh, do the lines they didn't so they had three different characters and i don't know it's because of the popularity of the game the game may not be popular in america and that could be the case it may they may still sell it to us in america but it may not be as popular as it is in you know uh, korea and uh, japan and china so that could be the case too but voice acting I can see if they probably wouldn't want to spend money because that's extra money and extra time to do all those lines and everything. So, but the features to me is also a thing too. The story mode is it's it's good but not engaging. I find myself not really getting too immersed into the story mode a lot um, because one I gotta read a bunch of text. 
<laughs> two it just i mean it just doesn't really draw me in and um three it, it's just it's just not there like i mean it's basically a multiverse type of storyline that you're involved with here each character is from a different storyline based on um something in the in the ways of the um the dimensions were split into nine different realms and everybody's fighting to you know get those realms i didn't understand i didn't quite understand the total you know uh story of it but it is there and it's probably more familiar with those you know that target audience of you know korea uh korea and japan and, and china now with that said the fighting itself is really good it's the one thing i was worried about before this game came out was the control scheme the, the move set um are they going to go with traditional or are they going to go with this new simplistic you know melee style this new super smash brothers melee style um deal that a lot of these new games are doing now they're not even giving you the option to go traditional which is traditional for those who don't know traditional is like the original street fighter moveset style which you know to create a fireball you do a quarter circle right or quarter circle left to do a um you know a hurricane kick quarter circle left uh to do a pile driver is you know 360 or whatever you know stuff like that i i find myself like really wanting to you know play it that way i don't i'm not necessarily you know feeling good about the entire new simplistic uh you know way of fighting now because it's too easy and i like the fact that i was earning my way to learning how to play the game just like you just like a pro player would but now they just make it easy for you and i know street fighter is going to do it too street fighter 6 is going to do that too but they're giving you option they're the only ones that i know that are giving you an option to play it the traditional way or play it the you know the more simplistic way the more easier way um and i that i don't mind either because some people may like to do it like i i'll tell you this the only way i would play simple the only character i think i would play simplistic you know the uh, simplistic control style for maybe it, maybe he's a goki slash akuma because he has the raging demon and that con that button combination which you can actually learn and i did learn how to do it during street fighter 4 but it is a, it, it's a bitch <laughs> it's still like you got to do this really crazy button combination to pull it off and you you got to have the right timing for it or whatever so I, I i get it but i tell you what i guarantee evo time there's no going to be no simplistic gameplay there i guarantee the regulation is going to tell them they want they you damn sure better put on a traditional deal you better learn how to, to play that game right so um you have this control scheme that is both it's it's a hybrid of both simplistic and the combination style so you here you have the x button which has a which you uh has a gauge meter and for every move that you use in that button it basically pulls off a really powerful kind of like a a super move um it regenerates every single time you can't use it all the time you got to use it sparingly because it takes time for it to grow back every time you get hit that gauge meter gets wider and wider and if it hits if it gets to 200 then it unlocks this really awesome big move that takes an enormous amount of energy for you and then also it provides you with this huge awesome cinematic um scene where your your most powerful move just takes out your uh your opponent and that's the awesome part 
the thing is, if you miss, you can't do it again. So you gotta be sure that you connect with that at all, because if you don't get it, you're done. <laughs> you're pretty much done. You're just gonna be, you're gonna have to, you know, really pull through near the end just to be, you know, win that, um, that match in that round. So, but that's the cool part. I don't mind a control scheme for this because they do kind of give you both, but it's mostly simplistic control scheme. Now, that's not to say that, it, you know, it's an easy way to, you know, a, a easy gameplay style does not mean the game is easy to play because they will, you know, they will hand, you know, you know, hand your ass back to you. So I did like the fact that like, even if you play on it, like the more simple mode or easy mode, it's not easy all the way. Like it, the, the difficulty level will kind of get a little bit better as you go, you know, or more challenging as you get towards the end. And they will show you that regardless of the control scheme, you still got to learn how to, you know, play through and, you know, use the right moves to get them out. So I, this, in terms of like using that control scheme, this game has probably used it the best and still made the game challenging enough to, you know, enjoy and play. So I didn't mind it. Plus, like I said, you know, the move set that you can also do really plays in. So I, in, in some cases I did like it, but I still would prefer the traditional mode because I feel like there's something more to really, it, it, it provides a different handicap and challenge for you. Um, so the combat mechanism, uh it, it's it, it is still strategic it is still very well strategic in here so i'm not really mad at that <laughs> at all not not for this game other games i, I feel like i just get over <laughs> way too easily with that but overall i mean the game is not i don't think that this game deserves to be 59.99 because i think that there are other arc system works games and i feel like they give you a lot more for you for your money um especially the cinematic and presentation of guilty gear strive uh in, in dragon ball fighters if you look at those two games alone and you see what they do now there are some there are some in, in, in terms of story mode there are some cinematic scenes there but the rest of it is just the voice actors doing their lines um there isn't in really too much they use the character models for some of the you know dialogue scenes and whatever like that but it's not nowhere near as Hollywood cinematic or, you know, anime animated cinematic as you would expect, um, that you would see on guilty gear on a guilty gear series or dragon ball fighter series or whatnot. Um, it's more like blaze blue and persona four more than it is guilty gear. And I'm like, I'm still wondering like, is, does that really warrant 5989? I would say more or less 3999 at best because we now these other games are really you know they they've revolutionized the way that we play fighting games this one kind of felt like it was a step back that i felt like i wish they would have given me more and then on top of that every character's ending in the story mode is exactly the same so like they got they say they give you an arcade mode and i played the arcade mode bef um before and it like once you play the arcade game the arcade ver uh, mode there is no ending to that guilty gear strive in any of the guilty gear games or even no you don't no you don't get that with dragon ball fighters but even with the blaze blue games and the guilty gear games when you reach an ending or arcade mode you still get some sort some form of an ending or a dramatic scene or or some connection to the actual story mode especially guilty gear strive because you know everybody gets to that final stage and then it kind of leads you into the story mode and such like that so they're like kind of preludes to 
what happens in the actual story uh in story mode but then you go into story mode and it's just like it literally is just a movie like you don't even play in the fight you don't play in the game you, you're just watching a movie there i don't prefer that for all my fighting games but guilty gear is special like that they that's what they do so i don't yeah 59.89 to me was just it, it 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 didn't feel like it was worthy of that um even kill a kill had a cinematic you know a lot of cinematic scenes in their games and such um when they did that one you know a lot of the a lot of the cutscenes on there match exactly of that of what you watched on the uh series this one didn't give you i didn't feel like he gave you that much in terms of that type of presentation so i don't think that it was worth the amount of money that it did um otherwise it, it make no mistake dungeon and fighter duel is a very solid fighter it is more it is it is it is worth getting i think if you're a fan if you're a true fan of dungeon and fighter if you played the actual games before i think this game is worthy of your time if you're a fan of that if you actually played that mobile game series um if you're a fighting game fan yeah i guess you could say that this game is worthy of playing because you're a fighting game fan i don't know if it's worth the price i would say like wait until it goes on sale to that extent but you won't be stirred wrong there is a lot of awesome things to see and, and visuals and all this stuff it's just it, stunning at best of all else the 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 look and feel of it if you love guilty gear strive and and all the other games that they've done in this style you'll just add this into it. and if you're arc system works fan just add this to it as well um overall if i'm going to give it a grade it'll be a b plus so i mean you know that's saying enough to say like this is more than a more than a a solid game but it's not like the best i've ever played for arc system works or whatnot i just feel like how much do you like this is what we could do how much do you have okay this is how much you have we can't we can do this but we're not going to do this because that's going to require more money if you want a whole entire fleshed out cutscene mode and all this stuff we'll give you a few minutes of a cutscene but for this price we won't give you everything <laughs> we won't give you what we do for ourselves i feel like guilty gear the guilty gear series is a means to tell people like yeah we can make games for you but it's going to cost you to get the experience to get the experience that we want <laughs> that we that we make for ourselves if you don't have that type of budget they will give you something slightly you know close this is how i feel like this is dungeon and fighters it, it's the guilty gear feel but not the guilty gear full presentation that you would want to see in here it just, like i said is it feels like guilty gear on a budget but that's not a bad thing it's just i just don't think it's worth it and that's why i get a b plus it would have got an a plus if it had exactly the same full presentation even an english you know um voice cast i would have loved it even if they didn't have a full you know english voice cast i would have loved for them just to have a you know a huge elaborate story mode as opposed to you know you know separate characters and story mode so i think it just moves along better when they can do it that way but it's it's a pretty good fighter nonetheless and if you if you're a fan of this you would love it anyway so folks a b plus for me folks that'll do it for this edition of select start i hope you guys enjoyed it uh, thank you all for checking out the episodes of all of our episodes, which you can check out on TalkTimeLive.com if you haven't known or done so already. For all of our new listeners, thank you. Uh, go to TalkTimeLive.com. All of our audio episodes, all of our video episodes, including my recent episode with uh, Yannick Belzil from 
who was responsible for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games from Tribute Games. He wrote the story and narrative. He's the narrative director. You can check out his contributions to the awesome Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder, uh, Shredder's Revenge game on there. Um, there's tons of different, you know, uh, interviews that I have on air that you could check out. Um, if you guys saw it, Kevin Smith finally released the trailer, which looks absolutely awesome. We're going to talk about that on Sunday. And I got a chance to talk to Dante Hicks himself, Brian Holleran, not only about his role as Dante Hicks throughout all the, you know, the first two clerks, but we also talked a little bit about what to expect from this clerks. So go check out the trailer if you haven't already, but also check out this interview that I had with Brian Holleran. It is awesome. He is in, he, he's just such a dope dude. He's just a really nice class act of a dude. So I really appreciate it. Go check that out. It's on the uh, exclusive video page of talktimelive.com. You go check it out there. I mean, plenty of different, you know, interviews that you have over like so many video interviews have been added on. I got to add the Sean Schimmel, uh, you know, exclusive Q and A that I did with there too. I'll just put it on there just for the hell of it in there. But so many different actors, artists, recording artists, Megan Rand on air myself, uh, himself, Kyle Hebert, the voice of Gohan. Uh, yeah, Gohan, who may be getting an upgrade on the new Dragon Ball <laughs> Super movie coming soon. Um, the cast of Naruto uh, is on here as well. Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Baruto. I mean, you name it. We got some. We got some big ballers in this. Uh, in, the, in, in on Talk Time Live exclusive. So go into TalkTimeLive.com and check it out there. If you would like to subscribe and download all new episodes of the show in some old archive ones as well. We got like well over. 400 or maybe 600 episodes on air. You could go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. My, shout out to my people on Tumblr. You can check it out there. It's everywhere where podcasts are played. So, folks, check it out. And uh, that'll do it for me this Sunday. Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm talking about it. We're going to talk all about it, plus all the news that has happened this week, including that Clerks 3 trailer. I'll give my thoughts on that. And, um, Check it out, and we'll be doing that soon. So that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and enjoy the day and the weekend. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.